It's so good to be with you this morning on this second Sunday of Advent. I'm always just thrilled to be here with you in this venue, but especially today because I have the, the opportunity, the privilege, and I'm humbled to be able to deliver the message to you from God. So as we begin this service today, we're in the second of the series on Reveal. You'll remember that last week, Pastor Nick shared with us that God reveals God's self to us through a baby being born in a manger. And the important thing is, is not that we believe in a God, but we believe in a God that looks like Jesus, that is Jesus, a God that is for us, right? This week, I would like for us to spend some time in the Gospel of Luke to look at how God reveals God's self through Mary, through the announcement of Mary, and also we will know that God is with us in that process. So as we begin our time, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we delve into the scripture today, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirit to your living word for us. I pray that the words of my mouth will come directly from you and that they will not come back empty. You are our rock, our redeemer. You are our ever-present Lord, always with us. We ask this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Well, what an exciting season this is. It is a season of surprises, right? And as I reflected upon Christmas's past for me, I remembered the other day about a time when I was about five or six years old, and I woke up on Christmas morning to find beneath the tree a little dollhouse. Now, this at the time was the cat's meow of dollhouses. It was two-story. It had a number of different rooms as I remember it, and lots of tiny little pieces of furniture in every single room that was movable that I could switch around. And I remember pretending that I was a mama and a wife, and I brought out my little dolls that I had, and I would play with that. And mama, she was just tickled to death that I loved it so much until a few weeks later when all those little tiny pieces ended up scattered on the floor, and she was stepping on them and pinching the bottom of her feet. But at any rate, a happy, happy Christmas for me, uh, a happy time of playing with my dollhouse and dreaming about the future of being a wife and a mama. In our passage today, we encounter Mary, don't we? Mary engaged to Joseph, perhaps a year away from the actual ceremony, dreaming of her future to be with her husband, Joseph, and someday to be a mother. And it's at this point that we are introduced to the scripture that we'll look at today. So if you have your Bibles with you, I would ask you to open to the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, and we'll be beginning with verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord 
is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now I want you to notice that God is the one taking the initiative here. God is the one coming to Mary through Gabriel to make this profound, amazing announcement. At this time, Mary is engaged to Joseph. In the ancient world, it meant a bit different than it does today. In other words, being engaged in the ancient world was a two-step marriage process. The first step meant, on that initial phase, that there would be a formal witnessed agreement to marry and then the giving of a gift from the bride's family, parents, to the groom. It could be in the form of money or property, and it's known as a dowry. How about saying dowry with me? Dowry, yes. At this point, the bride actually becomes legally the wife of the groom and could be called his wife. About a year after this phase one event, then the actual marriage ceremony would happen with all the pomp and ceremony, and then the wife would go home with the husband, and the marriage would be consummated. In the first century, the engagement piece, that phase one piece, could happen as young as 12 years old for an individual. Now, while we don't know how old Mary was, theologians believe that she was on the younger end of her teens, a young teenager at that point in time. The scripture tells us that Mary was troubled by the words, the initial words from the angel Gabriel. And the Greek word for that word troubled that we have in English is a Greek word called diasterasso. Can you say that with me? Diasterasso. And what it means is it means to be confused, to be perplexed. And that's what she was at the initial announcement from Gabriel. Now, Gabriel comes back and counters to Mary with the words, do not be afraid, Mary. And he used the word phobio, phobio, which is Greek for apprehensive, 
to be afraid, to indeed be frightened, from which we get our English word phobia. Was Mary confused? Was Mary afraid? I would have been. I think she was, based on what we just heard in the scripture. You know, whenever we face anything strange or new in our life, at a minimum, we can be perplexed by it, confused by it, and sometimes we might even feel a bit frightened in the moment, depending on what that information is that's coming to us new. Mary also questioned Gabriel. Now, I've heard all my life, we don't question God. We don't ask God a question. That's pretty typical out there that we don't do it. But she did. She had a question. Her question was, how? How can this be? She wanted to understand. And questions can help us understand things in life. The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And then the angel went on to tell her that her relative Elizabeth, who was old at the time and was told that she would never have a child, was actually in her sixth month of pregnancy, reassuring Mary that nothing is impossible with God. I want to pause here, my friends, and spend some time with us because this is a familiar story, isn't it? For some of you, you probably heard this particular story as a child, maybe as a part of a Christmas pageant even. But I want to spend some time with us this morning looking at it a little bit different to see how God is truly with us as God was with Mary. We live in a culture now that brings confusion, perplexed. We can be perplexed about what's going on. We can be fearful about the next thing that's happening or something that has already happened in our culture, not unlike what would have been going on in ancient times when this particular scripture or book of the Bible was actually written. So we can identify with the Gentiles and the Jews as they would have heard this story initially. Some scholars believe that the temple in Jerusalem had already been destroyed by the time this story was written about Jesus' birth. What were the people going through? Did they have hope? Or were they worried? Or were they fearful about what was going to come next for them in the future? And we have feelings like that here, too, in this time, in this season of our life and our culture. Yet we go on. We live, we make our plans for the future, but each of us as individuals can face things in our lives, even as believers, even as believers in Christ, where we pause and we're scared and we're perplexed and we say, God, are you with me? Are you here? I don't sense your presence. And so what happens, unfortunately, is we start living in fear, don't we? We start living in an environment of fear which isn't healthy. And I would offer to you this morning, because I've experienced it in my own life, that the temptation to live in a fear like this comes from the evil one. It comes from Satan, who we don't talk about a whole lot. But Satan will point us to our past, things we did wrong, things we should have done, 
to cause us to live in doubt, even when we're making our plans for the future, right? Satan will also at times point us toward the future with doubt and concern, telling us we can't do that, or there's no hope for the future, or we might as well give up. That's not from the power of our Lord God who loves us and who is with us all the time. Mary did have fear. She was frightened in the moment. But what happened is God, through the angel Gabriel, gave her that reassurance that she had no reason to fear, that he was going to be with her no matter what she went through. Now imagine... Here Mary was, a young maiden, engaged, planning a wedding a year out, right? She would have been planning the reception, what dress she might wear, how it would be when all of a sudden, here comes the angel Gabriel saying, guess what? You're going to have a baby, and you're going to be pregnant before this wedding ceremony even happens, before you go to even live and be with your husband, Joseph, you're going to be pregnant. In those times, this is what could have happened to Mary. And this is what possibly in a fleeting moment could have gone through her head. First of all, the moment Joseph found out that she was with child and it became evident Joseph would have had every legal right in those days to divorce her, even in that engagement phase. So that's number one. Number two, to be pregnant out of wedlock, there could have been a penalty that she could be stoned to death. Number three, at a minimum, she would be shamed by the community that surrounded her right? So here she is with these kinds of thoughts potentially going through her head. She hears that she's going to be pregnant with the Son of God. But yet, here's the model that Mary is for us. She's a model of a woman of faith because She believes the angel when the angel tells her all this will happen. And the only question she has, which is a good question, is how? How is this going to happen? Please tell me. You see, Mary listened. She paid attention to God speaking to her. And she accepted what God said. She had that reassurance that the Holy Spirit would be with her. This gospel lesson today for us should and does give us that kind of hope and reassurance that no matter what we have gone through, no matter what we've done in the past, wrong or left undone, no matter what the future might hold, our Lord God is with us. Now, as I look out over this congregation, I don't know what your individual stories are, But those of you that know me know that I'm the pastor of congregational care here. So I do meet with families and individuals throughout the year. And I know that there are issues in people's lives. We all have them. If you haven't had them, if you're living in a good place now, praise God. I'm so thankful. Enjoy your Christmas and your season. But if you have gone through something, if you're going through something, 
And I promise you, if you live long enough, you will go through something. I want you to know that God is with you. Maybe you're going through a tough time in your marriage. Marriages are are having trouble right now. It's hard. It's tough, even in the best of circumstances. But there could be somebody out here today that's having trouble in your marriage. Here in this season that's supposed to be joy-filled, you're not so full of joy. Maybe you're having problems in your job or your career, and that's frightening to you. You don't know if you're going to be downsized. You don't know if you should change your job. You're, You're questioning, and where is God in all of this? Maybe you're financially strapped, waiting waiting and wanting to make things better, but just as soon as you feel like you get a little bit ahead, something happens. The car goes kaput. Two or three appliances go out at the same time. You're living from payday to payday. It could be a myriad of issues that sets you back. Maybe you're grief-stricken because in these last months, weeks, or days, You've lost someone very close to you, a grandparent, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a cousin, a close friend, a child, and you're just brokenhearted. God, why me? Why my family? Why now? Why here? Where are you? I don't sense your presence, God. Maybe you're a young couple that's been wanting to have a baby and you haven't been able to get pregnant. And you say, God, when's it gonna happen? When are we gonna be parents? We so wanna be good parents, but yet it hasn't happened. And God seems to be silent. Do you believe, do you really believe that God is still with us just like he was with the disciples, just like he was with the people a couple of thousand years ago when he walked this earth. Do you really believe it? If so, how do you know? How do you know? Well, number one, he is with us persistently all the time. Romans, the eighth chapter, reminds us there is nothing in this world, not height, not depth, not demons, not principalities, not anything that can separate us from our Lord God. So we know that he's persistently with us. What I would offer to you, and I know in the busy life, it's tempting not to go to the scriptures, but I offer to you, stay in God's word daily. Because if you stay in God's word daily, God will truly give you this sense that God is with you, God will indeed speak to you through those scriptures in your devotional, in a small group Bible study, in a sermon. You will hear from God in God's quiet voice. Sometimes you'll hear from another Christian or a friend, and it will also give you that sense that he is with you. The second way he's with you is personally. And this has happened to me so many times, I can't even number them. Have you ever gotten a nudge kind of in your spirit to do something or feel like you need to hear from somebody or reach out to somebody? That's God letting you know that God is in your midst. Pay attention to those nudges that come to you because they do 
and they will. If you don't let the chatter and the clutter and everything from culture come to you, and you'll find some amazing experiences if you pay attention to those nudges. Third, have you ever gotten a sense of God's peace that just kind of washes through you? Maybe not. I have. I have been in angst or in fear over something. And because I've gone to the scripture, because I've talked to my pastor in the past or a, a, a confidant Christian, all of a sudden I've felt this peace of warmth and calmness come over me. That's God with you. Also, he is with us as he challenges us. Sometimes God calls us out of that comfort zone that we are in to do something, just like he called Mary to do something, calls us to do something that we couldn't do by ourselves, that we couldn't even imagine doing, that could be phenomenal. God's voice with us will resonate with an authority and a weight that other voices, other influences in culture don't have. Let me repeat that. God's voice with us will resonate with an authority and a weight that other voices and influences don't have. And don't be frustrated in the waiting because there are times, there have been times in my life that I don't really feel his presence necessarily, but I know that he's there, that, that God is right there by my side through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes God will give you just enough information at the time through a scripture, through a friend, through an experience that you need, but just enough to get you going to the next step. You may not be ready to receive more information. When Mary had this encounter with Gabriel, God didn't lay out her whole life the way it would play out. God gave her just enough information for her in faith to say, yes, I will be your servant. Let it be as you have said. Mary only asked how. How can this be? And the angel gave her the answer, the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was 46 years old, the Holy Spirit started nudging, using that nudging word, on my heart in a different way. I had been a Christian since I was 12 years old, went through confirmation. But this was different. It was a different kind of a nudge. And I really sensed in my spirit initially that God was calling me to be a pastor. Here I was in my mid-40s. I was initially scared to death. I was fearful. Maybe a little bit like Mary. While she was young and being asked to do something new and wild and crazy, I was older in my 40s. I was being asked to carry Jesus in my soul and carry Jesus in a new way that I was going to be rebirthed into being a pastor. I was afraid of all that I would lose. At the time, I worked in corporate America, had a good job, loved what I did. And so, the evil one, Satan, started putting doubts in my mind. Hey, you don't need to be doing this at your age. What makes you think you can become a pastor at your age? 
What will this do to you financially? What makes you think you can pull this off? So, I put it off. I put it off for three years. So now I'm 49 years old, right? And I'm on a retreat with some women from my church in Savannah. And several things happened to me on that retreat with my home church of women. And they will tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, Faye knew that she couldn't run from the call to ministry any longer. So I talked to my home pastor. I talked to my husband and my family. And Mike and I began on a journey that took over nine years because I didn't have an undergraduate degree, needed a seminary degree to become fully ordained. But I had a peace. I had a peace about finally saying yes. It was a transition time for both of us because I left an income and became a full-time student. It was a transition time as it happened because my husband transitioned from one job to another. We both had to put our trust stronger in God than we ever did before through these nine and a half years. There were some financial rough spots. I won't deny that. But through good support from our church at that time, staying in the scripture, in prayer, we knew that God was going to get us through and lead us in the direction we needed to go. And I would say to you this morning, my journey continues. Yes, because I'm now in my ninth year here at Mount Horeb, and just since I've been here, there have been issues. There have been dark times. There have been deaths in my immediate family. There have been illnesses in my immediate family. But I know now, because of God's assurance and because of the way God has proven to me through the years that he's never going to leave me or forsake me, I know now that I can fully rely on him. Mary was visited. Mary was asked to carry Jesus, to birth him into this world. She said yes. Mary only asked how. Once the angel reassured her that it would be the Holy Spirit's power and that she wouldn't go this alone, then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Now, what does that mean for us if we take her words and put them upon ourselves? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Again, I don't know what God is trying to say to you in this season of your life. Maybe there's someone out there today that's skeptical, skeptical about the Bible, skeptical about a virgin birth, skeptical about Jesus being a savior. I don't know. If you are, then I would pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that something that you've experienced here today, either through the music, the prayers, God's word being 
read and reflected upon would touch you in a deep way in your soul and at least start directing you toward accepting Christ as your Savior. But maybe you're going through something now, and we all do from time to time, and you just need to sense God's presence to know that God is with you no matter what. I would pray that this passage will give you that reassurance that you're never going to be alone. And moreover, God has a plan for you, good plans, good things that he wants to pull out of you and use you as his servant, just as he used Mary. I don't know where you are or how you feel today. Are you feeling inadequate? Are you feeling downtrodden? Are you in despair about something? Is your back against the wall? Are you waiting to receive some diagnosis or about to go through some treatment plan? Are you financially in a rough spot? The list can go on and on and on. Are you aware of the fact, maybe in this moment, that our Lord God is trying to speak to you? speak to you through me, there's something that's occurred here today. This is what I know. I know that our God is in the business of birthing new things, birthing new things, and he wants to birth something new in each of you. It's the season for it, isn't it? Be open to it. Have enough margin in your soul to receive it today and in the days ahead. As you leave today, I'm wanting you to leave this place with a sense of hope. We all need hope in the world that we live in. And we know that we worship a God, a God of hope, a God of restoration, a God of forgiveness, a God who sent his only begotten son so that believing in him, we could have that everlasting life. And then now we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in and through us so that we don't go it alone ever, ever at all. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we come together this morning and I just want to thank you. I want to thank you so much that you sent Jesus, your only begotten son, to us. I want to thank you for this passage that we looked at together today, the passage where you reassured Mary that you would be with her, that as she carried you in her womb, that you would be with her, that you would deliver her, that you would never leave or forsake her, Lord God. I thank you for that. And I thank you that a couple of thousand years later, that we too can live in that assurance that you're always with us. No matter what trials we go through, difficulties in life, that you're going to be right by our side, guiding and directing us if we only have enough margin to pay attention to your Holy Spirit in and through us. We ask you, Lord, to transform us to lead us in the way you would have us go. For it's in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.